Welcome to Finding Pelvic Sanity. If you're struggling with pelvic pain, pelvic floor dysfunction, or pregnancy and postpartum issues, you're in the right place. These issues are common, but not something that you have to live with. We've seen the most complex patients from all over the world at Pelvic Sanity in Southern California. You might be feeling frustrated, embarrassed, or dismissed by the medical community, often for years. We know just how tough that can be, and we want to help you find Pelvic Sanity again. We're Jesse and Dr. Nicole Kozine. Together, we run Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy, wrote the IC Solution, and Nicole has trained thousands of pelvic PTs to provide better care. We want this podcast to provide hope and get you on the path to healing. Thousands of people with pelvic health issues find relief and live healthy, happy, and pain-free lives. And so can you. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Finding Pelvic Sanity podcast with Jesse and Dr. Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. Talking today about one of the questions, Nicole, I know you get most often as a physical therapist. I know that every one of you guys who has been to physical therapy, who's listening to us, has probably thought or asked about how long until I get better with physical therapy. And it's almost a little bit of a joke in the PT world, guys, but they always answer everything with... It depends. And it truly does depend. And we can... We'll go to our graves saying it depends for a lot of of answers. But we're going to use this podcast to talk about what is fair for you to be asking and what are the factors that go into answering this question. So let's talk about that, Nicole, because I think we've been a little bit trained in Western medicine as patients to just have this idea of, oh, here's a pill, here's medication, here's surgery, where we have this kind of instant answer where we say, hey, this is going to start working within two weeks. Or we have this, and usually, to be honest, it's a false sense of time with that stuff, right? People go under surgery and they come back out and there's still a ton of recovery. There might be lingering symptoms. It might not help at all, but it seems like it's supposed to be instantaneous. And physical therapy is not instantaneous. It is something that is going to take time but it's also something that is going to last for a long time too. So when someone comes in, it's a totally fair question, like you said, to wonder how long this is going to take. But let's go through some of the things that it depends on. And first thing is just the severity of the symptoms. It totally just depends on the severity of symptoms. And not all of these things are directly proportional to each other. So just because you have super severe symptoms doesn't mean it's going to take a super long time. But in general, the more severe the symptoms, it usually means that they've been there a little bit longer or there was a bigger incident to start these symptoms. And in general, the more severe the symptoms, the more we have to unwrap and undo to help you to get to where you were before. And that's one thing that you just said there, Nicole, is about how long you've had pelvic floor dysfunction or symptoms. I hope that this is a push for those of you guys listening who are maybe on the fence about going to pelvic PT or have been to one before and didn't have a great experience to get back. Things don't get better, as you always say, Nicole, to patients. Things don't get better the longer you leave them. Yeah, things don't get easier to treat the longer that they're there. So this is your little nudge to get into a pelvic floor PT sooner rather than later. But two things that you know, how long until I get better depends on is is number one, how long you've had these 
these symptoms, like the most proximate symptoms, the most stressing symptoms, the ones you're complaining about every single day, how long have you had those symptoms? And here's the kicker. It's also how long you've had general pelvic floor dysfunction, because what can happen is that pelvic floor dysfunction can be brewing without symptoms. And then it's like it goes up and up and up and up. The pelvic floor dysfunction gets higher and higher. You still don't have symptoms. And then this is what also happens, quote, all of the sudden when you guys all of a sudden say, oh my gosh, I have vaginal burning or oh my gosh, I have erectile dysfunction. It didn't really happen all of a sudden. It was actually brewing for quite some time. You just felt the symptoms all of a sudden. And so part of how long does it take until how long do I have to go to physical therapy for depends on how long you've had all of those other signs of pelvic floor dysfunction brewing if we're really going to get to that underlying why and make sure that we treat those symptoms to go away and stay away. It's like the example, Nicole, that you always have of like the patient who's coming in for pelvic pain or urinary incontinence or something else. And then you start asking questions and you realize they've struggled really badly with constipation for 15 years. Like that was, that's when this thing started. It wasn't three weeks ago when you had your first episode of painful intercourse. This has been brewing, like you said, under the radar for 15 years. Absolutely. And so that kind of brings us to the next thing it depends on here is like, how much is your nervous system involved and how much has your body had to compensate in order to keep your pelvic floor functioning. Remember, your pelvic floor controls a lot of bodily functions. And so your body is and brain are wired to keep those bodily functions going on, sometimes at the expense of other areas that cause other pelvic floor dysfunctions. And so really, it is how much is your nervous system involved? How much are the compensatory strategies that your body has sort of adapted to, to try to protect your pelvic floor? How long have those been going on? Um, And it just means that like, that's just how much more complex the actual issue is. So those are all about your pelvic floor. The next set of things that make this variable are things that are about you and things you put down on here, Nicole, your willingness to change and not in a tisk tisk shame way. I'm like the world's worst patient. I've been to ortho PTs all the time. They're like, you know what you should do is all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. So <laughs> what can we like? Right. So, but that's just an honest reflection. It's one of the questions that we actually ask at Public Sanity on our intake paperwork is how big of a change are you willing to make? I remember, Nicole, you had somebody who, you know, was having urinary issues and wasn't willing to give up diet soda, a known bladder irritant, right? And that's, would you get better faster without that? Absolutely. So that factors into, and not saying that's bad, like you can still get better and have a diet Dr. Pepper whenever you want, but it might take a little bit longer. Yeah. Another example of this is, you know, what season of life are you in? Are you in a season of life where you could overhaul your entire nutritional situation to get your inflammation of your body down? Like some folks, it's just like, that's just not going to happen either because of work or for because of kids or just because you don't freaking want to right now and you're not quite willing to, to make that overhaul. That's okay. But your willingness to change and your ability to change and your capacity essentially to commit to the plan is a factor in how long. Now, I will say this, at Pelvic Sanity, for instance, we don't care what your answers are. It's just like we just need to know so that we can modify our treatment plan based on that. So I've had many people, for instance, a patient came in with pedental neuralgia and he was an avid 
road cyclist. For those of you who don't know, like that's really difficult. In fact, the pedental neuralgia sometimes can be called cyclist syndrome. So he came into the clinic saying, I have massive pelvic pain, I've been diagnosed with pedental neuralgia. And he was like, I'm not giving up cycling. That's my stress outlet. That's what I like to do for fun. That's where all my friends are. I'm not giving that up. And so it's like, okay, cool. But you know, we it might take a little bit longer for these symptoms to go away. It might be take a little bit longer for me to figure out what's actually going on if you're constantly irritating that area. So it was just a great conversation. And I really appreciated his honesty because I don't really care what your answers are. I just need to know what we're working with here. And then you modified it, right? I remember that that guy when he came in, a super cool guy, but you told him he needed to be coming in more often if he was going to continue to do stuff that he knew was going to irritate the pelvic floor. And he was totally fine with that. I'll keep cycling and I'll come in two or three times a week. Yeah. Or stop cycling, stop that irritation cycle and maybe come in once a week. And he made that decision. And hopefully you feel like you have that relationship and, and comfort level with your physical therapist to have some of those conversations, whatever the answers may be as they are. And then, Nicole, we get, so we talk about your pelvic floor being a dependent factor, you and your personality and your season in life being a factor. And then there's some of these other things out there, other medical conditions, potentially, you know, a history of trauma, unfortunately, with pelvic health is a major factor. Yeah. And that can be things that have affected your nervous system. So it can be things like childhood trauma. It can be a traumatic event and it can be related or not related to your pelvic floor. It can have physical trauma. It can be sexual trauma. Like all of those traumas, big T's or little T traumas, can affect the state of your nervous system and the readiness of your body to change and assess its safety. And and again, that's not to say that any history of trauma is a, you know, means that you're going to be in pelvic physical therapy for forever. That does not mean that at all. It just means it's a factor in whatever else is going on and, and it needs some individualized care and prognostication, which means like how much we're going to predict how long it's going to take in order to give you the most accurate answer to that question. And then your baseline health and age does play a factor. And so does kind of luck in all of this too. But Nicole, talk about baseline health and age, because I think we're all in that. I mean, I certainly know that if I have two glasses of wine when I was 20, I recovered a lot better than when I have two glasses of wine now that I'm 40. Yeah, you know, I feel like a lot of people shy away from talking about this stuff. But the reality is, is that there are certain things that happen as we age. You lose muscle mass. Like, that's a known fact. You literally just become a little bit less resilient overall. And that is, you can combat those things, right? But if if I have somebody that comes in with the same, two people that come in with the same exact symptoms, and one person has never worked out a day in their life, they are have a very sedentary lifestyle. They eat McDonald's every day and they've got a really, really, really stressful job and have a history of having a problem with managing that stress. That person is going to take way longer to get better than somebody who has been working out since they were 12 They move every day. They get their 5,000 steps a day walking. They don't have a very stressful job. They're already eating pretty great, right? Those two bodies are in different starting states, right? And so that does play a factor. Now, if you're in that first category, does that mean that it's automatically going to take you way longer? No, we have a lot of 
other things that, that your symptoms depend on and, and the skill of the physical therapist goes into that and all of that. So, but it, you know, all things being equal, that is something that can play a role in, in how long it's going to take. Yeah. So I hope that gives you guys an idea of the complexity of stuff and something you just kind of brushed over there, Nicole, but the skill of your physical therapist the skill of other practitioners, if you're working with somebody who's prescribing medication or somebody who's doing a procedure or whatever that is, there is a wide variety of experience and expertise and skill when it comes to pelvic floor physical therapy. And so if that's a major factor that I think for some reason, and we talked about this in how to find a pelvic PT episode, there's this assumption that everybody has some kind of like the same training and aptitude and skills and experience level And in fact, that could not be further from the truth. Absolutely. And I will go and say this, like the order of operations in which you add on practitioners to your team and procedures and and other interventions to your care does matter. And so that's, again, going back to a little bit of the skill of the PT and the expertise level of the pelvic PT that you're working with can sort of help to quarterback your care like that. And they should be able to do that. So just to give you an example of this, right? If somebody comes in and they have, let's say, interstitial cystitis and they've been diagnosed with pelvic floor dysfunction, they have endometriosis, and they have you know, a longstanding history of sciatica and a little bit of incontinence, right? The way that we decide on what to tackle first and whose procedures to do first that are getting recommended to you really matters. You know, a urologist might recommend one course of medications and installations and your endometriosis person might, or OBGYN might recommend one thing. And then your pain management person might be recommending Botox and injections. And so the order of operations of how you implement things into these, into your plan of care also really matters on how well your body responds and and how long it's going to take for you to get better. Because sometimes if those things are are added in in an order and say your system, your nervous system, for instance, wasn't ready for that change, then it, the things can backfire. We can relapse like that. We can rebound with symptoms like that is a thing. And so again, going back to that skill of the pelvic physical therapist, and especially, especially with chronic pelvic pain conditions, that really needs to sort of be thought of in what's going to be the best and most efficient way to utilize all of the people on your medical team. And a lot of times the PT is the one that has that bird's eye view of your case that can sort of be like, okay, if we're going to do this procedure, then I here's what I need first in order for that to have the best chance of working. Right. Your PT, and this is a big, we need to do a whole episode on this, Nicole, but your PT, we really feel like is in the best place and has the best broad knowledge and has the time with you, that's the person who's usually the quarterback of your care or should be. And your physical therapist should embrace that role and help guide you into the right medical interventions in the right order. Because like Nicole said, if you you know, are super upregulated and you go in for bladder installations, that might flare your symptoms. You might not be ready for that. Your physical therapist is the person who would have known that from their knowledge of your body and working with you and been able to guide that. So As we go in, I hope you guys can see the complexity here, but we do have some really important takeaways from this conversation. The first is, even though it is variable how long it will take until you get better, you should be able to have great communication with your physical therapist around this. So, Nicole, they they shouldn't get defensive when you ask this. They shouldn't blame you if it's taking longer than you want, like, oh, you didn't do A, B, C, and D. But they also probably shouldn't give you an exact answer either, because... 
frankly, they don't know yet. Totally. And there's so many times when someone will ask me this and I'm going to be like, you know what, quite frankly, I'm not sure yet, but here's what I do know. And here are the factors for you that I think that this is going to depend on. And as we go through the treatments, we're going to be reflecting back and coming back to this question to try to answer it a little bit better. So it does get more clear as you continue to go on, but I guess the point being and the takeaway here being that it needs to be an open and ongoing communication and conversation with your pelvic floor physical therapist to answer this question best. The next takeaway we have is that you should see a difference. You guys have probably heard us say this before, but you should be seeing a difference within the first three to five visits. And the key word there is difference, right? You're not going to see complete symptom resolution. You might not even see your symptoms get quote unquote better in that three to five visits, but something should give you that gut check feeling like, oh, we're on the right track here. Something feels different. Whatever that person did during that session or whatever exercises I'm doing at home, like that is changing something. And again, that shouldn't be like a wholesale improvement in that amount of time, especially the longer that or the more severe that the symptoms are. But we should be able to see a, some sort of a change, some sort of a signpost that like, ooh, we're on the right track. We're on to something here in those first three to five visits. Now, let me ask a little bit more about that, Nicole, because I'm assuming that people who are listening are wondering. So let's say you've been dealing with symptoms for a long period of time, years, right? Penendal neuralgia, interstitial cystitis, endo, something like that and you go in, you're not seeing a true change in your symptoms in those three to five visits. Could you just give me a couple of examples of what that difference might look like? What kind of differences would you be expected to notice if you're not seeing maybe a difference in your pain, which when you've had pain for five years, seeing a difference in five weeks is probably not realistic. Yeah. So maybe it might look something like maybe your pain is exactly the same intensity, but the bouts of pain that you have throughout the day last just a little bit shorter. Or you were going to the bathroom 15 times a night and you got one stretch of two hours of uninterrupted sleep. You might have still gotten up the same amount of times, but there was a distinct difference in your sleep pattern, even if it's just for an hour or two. Are these the kind of patients, too, who may feel better for a couple of hours right after a treatment session? And then, yeah, stuff kind of returns back again. But like, hey, like we saw that we can make a difference with that. And now all of a sudden that stretches. Does that count as a difference, too, if you're feeling better for even for a a transient period of time? Yeah, absolutely. And then the other thing that happens is that even if the main symptom that you came in for what isn't better. So like, let's say you have urethral burning, feelings of vaginal heaviness, and urinary incontinence. But after a couple of sessions with your pelvic floor therapist, you are pooping way better. And you've now all of a sudden gone like, oh my gosh, my poo is coming out great. And I didn't have to sit on the toilet as long. And that even can be something that ultimately can be involved in all of those other primary symptoms that you have. And the pelvic floor physical therapist might have chosen to work on that because they know that that can eventually help your symptoms or in that order of operations, they've decided that like that is actually most important to tackle first so that your pelvic floor can relax them better or something along the way. But even something that is getting better, that's pelvic floor related, that's not related to your primary symptom, that counts too. Got it. 
So you should be seeing that in three to five visits. And if not, that's your cue to potentially be looking for a different physical therapist or even a different physical therapist in the same practice. Yeah, or to have that that serious conversation about like, hey, like I literally don't feel like anything has changed. And sometimes, you know, to be fair to your pelvic floor PT, sometimes you don't see the change and they can actually ask you some questions and, and be like, oh, actually there was a change there. But there are some times where you are over the head of your pelvic PT and, you know, it's okay for you to request to change. Um, It's okay for you to even request to change within the practice. And so highly recommend that you consider that if it truly has been three to five visits and you have had absolutely zero improvement and or your symptoms are worse for no explained reason, then that certainly is a time where you need to think about what the hell you want to do next. Right. So it's variable, but you should have good communication. You should be seeing a difference in three to five visits. And here's the last takeaway from this, Nicole. It probably is going to be, to be totally frank, longer than you think. And this is something, you know, Nicole trains thousands of other pelvic physical therapists in her treatment methods and how to do this. Nicole, you talk about this as finding the why, But we want symptoms to not just go away, but then also stay away, stay away even when you, you know, change something, you start working out, you start having intercourse again, whatever that is, you should be able to manage in a flare. And usually people are being discharged or discharging themselves too early. This is going to be a longer process than you think, because it's probably been a longer process in brewing to get here than you think as well. Absolutely. I mean, I really actually don't have that much more to say about that other than like, I concur, uh, clearly, because this is like what I teach people. But it, it really is that. And we always want to keep this podcast super honest and super frank, you know, and and it probably will take longer than you think, but it doesn't have to take forever. And I feel like there is, I hope you find hope in those statements. And I hope that you give pelvic floor PT a chance to work and you give your therapist a chance. And at the same time, right, you need to hold two things to be true at the same time. You give them a chance and also you need to be ready to get a second opinion or find a different route or a different therapist if you feel like that's necessary. Yeah, and this is one of the things about a lot of insurance-based practices as well, Nicole. We talk about being discharged too early. A lot of times they'll just simply use up the number of visits that your insurance allots and then pat you on the back and send you on the way. Or not explain that, hey, maybe we have gotten your symptoms feeling better, but unless we address that underlying why, this is going to be something that flares up again. This is going to be something that comes back. So I hope this is also a call for you guys who are listening. If you went to PT and saw some benefit, but were discharged either because of your insurance or because you were kind of over it and didn't really understand the process or didn't really trust your PT to be the one to get you to where you wanted to go, to go back, take another look at this because it doesn't mean that physical therapy doesn't work for you. It means that that PT and that system didn't work. And a lot of folks, it takes multiple different physical therapists and you've got to find the right person. So that's our encouragement for you is if if you did feel better with physical therapy and then now it's not, or you're still dealing with lingering symptoms or it got you 25% better, but everything else is still there. This is your call to go back and find somebody else who can actually help you because that's an indication 
that you were on the right track. We just left the path a little bit too early. Absolutely. And there's more and more people going into this field every single day. The amount of new pelvic floor physical therapists that are out there, make sure you do a Google search again because someone might have popped up um, in your area. We also have a practitioner map that can help you find a pelvic PT in your region. And just know that at places like Pelvic Sanity, like 70% of our people have seen more than two physical therapists before they come and find relief at our clinic. So it is possible um, and lasting relief is probable if you get the right fit. Perfect. So hope you guys, if you have questions, please head on into the Finding Pelvic Sanity Facebook group. Um, you can find that by heading to pelvic or to Facebook and searching for Finding Pelvic Sanity. It's a great community of people in there. You can ask questions. You can see if anybody has a recommendation in your area and just have a, an awesome group of people who are recovering and on this road together. So thank you guys so much for being on. We hope this was really helpful. We'll see you on the next episode. And we hope this has brought you just a little bit of pelvic sanity. Sanity.